Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. And good day to everyone. Hello, hello. This is Helena, Helena Steiner-Hornstein, speaking to you from sunny and beautiful Miami. One more time, and I hope I'll be here a little bit longer before I have to take off for the rest of the world. I have a guest with me today. Well, I, mostly, most of the time I have a guest, and this time it is Reverend Cindy Paulus. She has written a book called Put the Little Light in Your Life, and this sits very, very close to my heart because I really, as you all know out there, I work with the light. So I have Cindy with me as my guest today, and I think it's going to be very exciting. But before I bring her on, I'd like to thank everyone for all your emails and little notes that you have sent me thanking me for the program. (laughs) It's been really good to have that. And also, thank you for sending me little thank you notes for receiving my newsletter. Those of you who would like my newsletter, go to my websites, either www.speakingtoyourheart.com or to Faith Healing, Faith, F-A-I-T-H-Healing.com, and you can, from there, connect with my newsletter. So, Cindy, you are yes. over. Hello, Cindy. Hello, aloha, aloha. And, Cindy, you are in Hawaii, and you are yes. in Maui, and that's yes. so exciting. And the sun is just rising, as I was telling you, the sun is just rising over Haleakala, our, our wonderful power spot at the 10,000-foot volcanic mountain that is just full of energy. And I'm, I'm looking at the sun just coming up over the hills and listening to the birds here and just enjoying, uh, enjoying Maui, where I've lived for uh, 20, I think it's 21 years now I've been over here on Maui. And you love it, of course. Oh, it's absolutely beautiful, and there's so many wonderful people. I was just uh, on the, I have a radio show myself, a couple actually here on our radio stations, KAOI Radio, and uh, I just got a chance to interview Wayne Dyer the other day and Alan Cohen the week before that, and there's just so many wonderful people that uh, are spiritual people that live here. This is what I've heard, and I think now, because you come from Hawaii, and I don't think I put that in the announcement that you live in Maui, but I'm sure that so many people, particularly from Northern Europe, came on to this show or will come to the archives of the show only because it says Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is magic about this place. And, and, you know, the word aloha is actually full of, of magic, and it really is about sharing uh, spirit here. And, of course, we all have to work for a living as well, most of us anyway, but, but it, 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 there is really a basic feeling of love and light that, uh, and people understand that, that live on this island. Yeah, and it's, it's a very famous island uh, for everyone, not only for spiritual people, but somehow it has, it has that connection with spirituality. And you lived in Los Angeles before. How come you moved over to Maui? Well, I've I've been doing radio uh, since I was about 24, 25 years old, and uh, I did radio in Los Angeles for oh, about 10 years, and then moved to Northern California and had um, radio stations there, and then um, I just, I actually, actually, the story's kind of funny, I was going to go to India, um, but I stopped in Maui and, and uh, on the way, and, and even though this is kind of out of the way from India, and I thought, I, I don't need to go to India if I can be here on Maui. It's just as, just as wonderful. So I, I've been here for quite a long time. Um, but, you know, it, it is truly, um, there's the mountains, the volcanic mountains, there's the beauty and the power of light in some of the sacred uh, jungles. There's rainforest jungles. And there's the ocean, which, of course, is a blessed energy of the, the beautiful ocean. We're 2,500 miles from California. We're actually just right out here in the middle of the ocean. So you know this because you, you have a, an island home, right? Yes, I'm also in Mallorca, in Mallorca, Spain, which is an island outside of Barcelona, Spain. And Americans don't know about this island too much, except for there are a couple of movie stars from America who have homes there. But... Um, in the rest of the world, I would say, in Europe, uh, it's a very, very famous uh, island. And um, the energy of 
Mallorca has really come to its biggest power now. It, it's, people have realized it's a very spiritual spot in the world. In fact, I've heard that it's one of the three power spots that you have one in, is it Argentina, and another one in Hawaii, and then it's Mallorca. So there is the oh, connection. a triangle. <laughs> yes. And that's what everything is. You know, we, we live in triangles somehow, and, but we live in that power field between the triangle. That's the way I see it. Well, I wear a triangle. I designed a, a little symbol that I did, um, and it's a triangle going up and then a triangle down in the middle and then a triangle going up within that triangle. So it's three triangles, and I designed that. I've been wearing that for uh, oh, since I've been 17 years old, and it's so funny because there's this wonderful lady who uh, teaches Hawaiian culture and is a, the head of a Hawaiian hula troupe, and uh, I, I was talking to her one time doing an interview, and I looked on her chest, and she had this exact same design that I created. And I've been wearing since I was 17. She had it tattooed on her chest. So I said, there's oh, really? got to be some connection. Yeah, triangles are very big in the Hawaiian culture. It's, it's very interesting. But you will see them um, tattooed on a lot of the native Hawaiian people. They'll tattoo a triangle in a repetitive fashion. And a lot of them with the triangle up, the triangle down, and the triangle up in the center of that again. You know, it's amazing. I didn't even know that I was saying this myself. It was just that it was a message that was coming to me <laughs> about the triangle. But I know when I've had spiritual experiences somehow or, or, or just in meditation, I've seen those purple triangles uh, floating yeah, about. Very, very powerful. And the color purple is, is truly one of my favorite colors as well, too. It's a, a very high magical uh, color, actually. That's a very high ray. So we are here, and you know we have we we got into all kinds of conversations here, and we haven't even come into the subject about yeah, the no, white light. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you work with the white light, and so do I. And maybe we are such, you know, our spirits are so connected, so we just take off and shoot off into all kinds of. Directions <laughs> but, yeah, I, I I love the light, and it's great to hear that you are a light worker as well. And there is a bond, I think, between all light workers on the planet um, that actually tie not just the planet together in light work, but the higher higher masters uh, are light workers of a high, the nth degree, as you probably know. And um, so I work with the uh, the energy of light, and I have uh, ever since I had a, a spiritual experience at the age of fifteen. Um, I started, my, my spiritual path started when I was 12 years old, after my father died. And, yeah, can you uh, tell I, us about that, what happened? Yeah, it was really, it was really interesting. I, we, I, I lived in this, my father was born in Prague and, and, uh, and was a very, very uh, intellectual, higher calculus. Yeah, I'm sure you know the type, the type of man that's just really into numbers so and figures. You were Czechoslovakian. Half Czechoslovakian, yes. Yeah. yes. Oh, okay. And, and so then uh, the day after Christmas, my father passed away. And um, I saw him laying there, and it was amazing. Well, actually, it was a very spiritual experience to see someone laying there and know that their spirit's not there in the body, and where does the spirit go? And three days after my father died, he came to my mother in spirit, kissed her on the forehead, and said, there is a forever. And that began my mother's path to try to understand what happens to the spirit after a person dies. So she began metaphysical teachings, and I did too at the age, I started at the age of 12, and uh, began really just reading everything up I could about spirit and cosmic consciousness and different subjects, yeah. and, um, and followed that path. I've been meditating every day since then, but I had an experience when I was 15, where I was going to Beverly Hills High School, <laughs> but I had an experience when I was 15 yeah. that just took me totally, totally out of my body and into the light of God and uh, just merged me with the most amazing, brightest light and the most powerful love uh, and just merged me with that uh, um, absolute everything and nothingness at the same time and, and with a bliss beyond description. And uh, at that point, I, I changed my perception of the way I was seeing the world and dedicated myself to service at, at that point. But um, there was a lot of work to do because I was just 15. <laughs> That's very, very young. Uh, of course, I'm amazed that you even listened at that time. I had a, a spiritual experience. Actually, I had them throughout my life, but I didn't really know they were so-called spiritual experiences. And I just kind of discarded that. I didn't care, you know. I, no one else talked about those things, so I didn't either. You know, I just skipped it. 
and was not until when I was in my late teens that I had a spiritual experience that really changed me. And that was when I saw the so-called burning bush in front of me, you know, a big Mm -hmm. bush. Well, I didn't think at the time it was a bush. (laughs) I saw like some kind of strange uh, fire, which wasn't really a fire because it didn't look like a fire, but it was a focus of energy in front of me and was in the middle of the night. It woke me up. And, of course, it took me years and years and years to understand what that really was. And then suddenly, when I was driving a car, it just hit me. I saw the burning bush. And then Mm -hmm. everything fell into place, you know, that had happened before and after and and all the experiences I've had after that, you know. I also heard a voice from that so-called bush. It scared the heck out of me. (laughs) What what did the voice say? You know... I was not ready for anything at the time, so I didn't want to listen. Mm-hmm. But I know now that the voice told me something, and that was that remember who you are or something of the kind. It was just like it spoke to me in my, in my chest, you know, remember me, you know, remember who you are. I had more light experiences after that, and then I could hear. Then I was open and ready, but I was not like you. You, you were ready. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was ready, and the thing that I wasn't ready was my vehicle that expresses out into the world. I was so shy, Helena. I was so shy. If someone knocked on the door of my house, I'd go running and hiding in the other room, you know, because I was terribly shy, and it's interesting. Now I have a couple of radio shows I've been doing for years and years, the longest-running radio show on Maui, actually, and and uh, I'm out in the public quite a bit, you know, and now that I have this book, I'm doing book signings, and and um, it, it's my the path of the light leads you to that, and and you get out of your ego eventually, <laughs> you know, enough to see that you're doing this as a vehicle for light, you know, and then it changes the meaning. In the beginning, I was just like a bliss hound. I was, I wanted that bliss I felt, you know, when I was having these experiences, and I would just go into meditation, just hungry for that that unite union with God and that bliss, you know, the bliss feeling I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but after a while, I learned that that that's not good to be just kind of looking for the bliss because there's really we're we're here in the world as you know to to share energy and to express and to teach and to learn, and um, you know I had to kind of stop being a bliss addict. <laughs> you know? And it's, I, I meditate every morning, and I've got my candles right in front of me right now, and and I make that connection probably around noon and evening time. I do. A, a connection again, but the other time it's, it's you know it's a trusting that that spirit is alive in us, and my book is really how you can use light in everyday experiences. Yeah, it's um, a guide, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, it says here I look at the table of contents, and it says you know how to receive light, receiving light, and receiving energy, and uh, opening to the light and grounding the light. How do we? receive the light how would you say that to someone who has no clue out there? i know there are people out there who have no clue what we are talking about <laughs> they would well, probably think well, we're using lamps you know or some well, kind you know as it, it says it says i believe the bible knock and the door shall be open unto you um and th- we are creators a reflection as you know of god and we have that God spirit, that spark inside each and every one of us. And we also have an interesting point that we have free will. Um, so it's amazing that I found out on my path was that, you know, it's a matter of everyone's individual choice. And sometimes life will push us into a situation. Sometimes it could be the birth of a child or the death of a friend or something happens that kind of makes us, open up and question and and look for that opening um you're not going to receive any, i don't believe anything until you're ready for it or until literally you choose to ask for it because uh we have that free will in it. and so it is important as you know alina uh, to be in that fertile field of of receptivity and sometimes life will then get us to the point where we are real, willing to sit down and be quiet and be in the, that blessed stillness and the silence, and then we can receive. But um, it, it's, it, we are so many times, this world has so much activity and so many distractions 
that fill up our field of energy, that until we can quiet down and be still and actually literally ask inside an inner question, ask for that light, then we receive it. And it's it's as simple as that. Um, but if you are not able to still the mind, then you need to just learn the process of sitting down and learning to be quiet and to go inside and to have that inner relationship with our, our spirit and with God. Yeah, that's wonderful. And, you know, uh, I see exactly what you're talking about when I do so-called healing. Uh, when I work with people and they, they come to me for some kind of help. And uh, not everyone can receive. All I, and I always say I in quote because it's not really me, it's all I do is just connect with a higher intention and uh, the light, and uh, people receive the light. But some people just don't receive it. They try to sit and control the situation one way or the other, and they do not receive the results then. Well, the, the power of light and the power of light with love um, is an unbelievable source, and it's an amazing power. And I really do believe our, our universe and our world here has many misuses of people through the years in Atlantis, and many times the, the power has been misused. So you have to be at a point where you are able to dedicate yourself to positive things and to harmlessness uh, and not doing harm to receive. Um, if you have the intention and you are using it for uh, good, you will receive, as you know and you see. And, and I do Reiki healing as well. And um, it's amazing when someone is, is open and receptive how that Reiki, uh, that energy of light goes through to the, the person receiving it if they're willing to receive. Um, but, you know, there is that free will, and, and those that are ready will be able to sit quiet. And I think probably most of your listeners are at that point where they're open enough to want to uh, be in the light. And then there's many wonderful exercises I have in the book where you can just go into that stillness and contact your soul and then let yourself be filled with the light to be used in so many different ways and all kinds of ways in our life. I think that Reiki always was, to me, just a fantastic um, way to describe how I used energy. But I was doing energy work way before I learned Reiki. And, and as you know, that power of light um, it can be used for so many things. Absolutely. I have never been taught Reiki, but many people say what I'm doing is something like Reiki. So that's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I believe we all have the knowledge within us, and we just have to release it. So um, the idea is we have to just show some kind of, I would almost call it a humbleness in front of the light and just know that that it, it, it's there. Yeah, well, the humbleness... I. <laughs> All the beautiful, true, wonderful teachers and friends that I've had on the path have uh, had that keynote. I call that keynote because it literally is like a vibration, as you know, that's held in humbleness. Um, yeah. you, you'll see it in His Holiness the Dalai Lama. You'll see it in, in many teachers. Um, uh, it's kind of unfortunate in our world that uh, we demand of people uh, this amazing... Um, entertainment value so to, so the people a lot of times that we see um who are very very powerful on tv and in movies and others have a sometimes a huge ego and it, their ego has gotten them literally to that point where they can be uh expressing in a very big way but but the ego can be a friend but it also can be something we have to watch as you know because the humbleness uh, yes. is, is very important because it's not us that's doing any of these things. You know, it's not, it's, it's you know, and you said it's the energy coming through us and it's the God light within us and love that leads us that, um, that does, not us, it's, it's, it's just us being open to God that, that can give us that power and the gift of light. Yeah, and I know, you know, when you speak about the light, I know that you know, but there are many people out there who speak about the light and when I hear them, I know they don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Because well, light they... is a huge subject, as you, as you know, because you've used it. And uh, light is, is so powerful. I mean, we think of light, but I, I do think it's important to dedicate and motivate yourself with the intention of doing good. And I, yeah. the intention, as you know, in healing work or in meditation work in our life, the intention is an extremely powerful force. Um, everything. 
that's everything, you know. Yeah. Forget all the other words. Everything is intention. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when and you take the word repeated, word, yeah. in. intention. And we, <laughs> we connect with the higher intention, and the mm-hmm. intention puts it into the movement, and the intention makes it well. I have been amazed myself if I have just, you know, once I laid my hand on somebody's foot, it had a big, big bump on the foot. And uh, I just put my hand there with light, and I didn't, you know, he said, please make me well. And I said, well, <laughs> let me give it some light. And I thought it was more or less, well, a joke that one could do anything. Well, I didn't, but I took it seriously. But I just put myself in the light. And he called up the next day and said the bump had disappeared. And it was yeah. a big bump. Yeah, I know. I've seen so this, beautiful. and I know it, it, you're, you're so correct and so right. And it can happen. Um, but then there's, you know, it's been interesting for me because I have, in the last year, I've been doing this work all my life. In the last year, I had some challenges with my sister getting cancer and, and then um, learning at some point of the way that you can ask um, for help and healing for other people. But sometimes it can be in their own soul uh, that they don't really want this or the path is that they have this or that there is God's will. And I've been balancing for the last few years, actually, um, the, the, that humbleness is a key, that God's will uh, be done and that we're in tune with that and that the individual will, uh, whatever we're working with, is open to it as well because we all have different paths we take and we always assume that our path is going to be something that's an easy path, but it isn't always an easy path. No. Life isn't easy, you know, and the longer you live, the more you realize that once you get to know one thing, um, you are taught another thing. You're put into a different field, and you have to learn that as well. But this, the, the, the so-called lessons come back and come back and come until yes. you have been able to overcome it. Yeah, that, no, that's, that's absolutely part. true, absolutely true. And and I, I say in the book many things you can do, uh, and I have many different exercises um, to put light in your life and actually change your vibratory level and use light. Everything from walking when you're walking, whatever time you walk. I, I walk every day here in a rainforest by a stream that's beautiful, and I sit there and do my prayers by this beautiful. Oh, you'd love it, Helene. It's so beautiful. This I, I was thinking just when you said that, I thought I have to go. Maybe that's oh, the place so I went. <laughs> Oh, it's so beautiful. I walk along this path in the rainforest and it's through the beautiful flowers and I sit by this stream here that comes and it's called Iao Park and, and in Hawaiian, Iao is a god. So, so it's, you're walking in a god park, which is just wonderful, you know. And, and I use the light whenever I move or I put any energy, um, I put light and pillars around um, my home, especially my meditation area. I build pillars of light. Um, and through our body, we can actually have the beautiful energy of light that is alive because it is in our body, and we can use it for the healing. Um, but we can use the light also in our workplaces. Um, I suggest even when you're waiting in line, do you know how we have to wait in line at airports sometimes and things and post yes. offices? And you can just be a pillar of light wherever you go and spread that light and change the vibratory energy. Yeah. So what? Let's say someone who's listening now and would like to connect with the light for uh, for well-being. What do they do this moment? Okay, they sit the first thing to do is to, you could be in a park like I was just saying. It can be someplace, but it's nice to be in a place where you feel like you have some privacy. I always um, believe in just having a little altar space if possible, and I like getting up for me very early in the morning before there'll be phone calls or interruptions. And um, get, a, get a candle. I have a beautiful lavender count, candle in front of you right now. Um, get a candle, light the light, because that's re- representative of this opening the doorway and letting the spark of light inside ourselves shine as well. And close your eyes and breathe. You know, you know, Helena, how important breath is. I, I, I had this wonderful Zen teacher, uh, Bill Kwong Roshi. Um, he, he says, breath sweeps mind. And I've always remembered that because it's so true. You know, um, you can change your energy very quickly by using breath to clear the mind. And you uh, then clear the mind and you go inside. I have in my book, I have um, lots and lots of messages that have come through me after I meditated. And those you can read and it will put you in a vibratory field of being open to the energy inside. So I always read um, a few prayers, a few energy uh, statements that will go before I go into the quiet inside. 
And then I go and close my eyes, and I breathe in, and I breathe out, and clear the energy. And then I find, as I go inside, I close my eyes and see the light, and I go into the place where I say, be still and know that I am God, and make that soul connection, and just go and just be there with it, breathe with that energy. And you know how it is, thoughts will come like clouds and pass through, but you'll just go back to that place of light every time your mind wanders a little this way or that you very lovingly just let the uh the energy and the chatter in the mind quiet down and then go inside and then i have exercises oh gosh i must have about 50 or 60 exercises in the book that you can get that um will replace things you can do with the light when you're at that place inside in stillness um, and it really depends on what's going on with your life, how you, how you use that. I, 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 I don't know if you do this, Alina. I always recommend having a journal handy so that you can write down after you, um, after you come back out of meditation, you can write down little messages or anything that comes to oh, you. Uh, there's something I have kind of put, uh, I've forgotten simply. I used to do that, and it was very, very inspirational. I even had a little tape recorder, and that was very good for ideas because then... We are in that uh, moment, uh, is it the alpha moment? Uh, yeah. You know, and where we just suddenly uh, are so open to the God energy of ideas. You know? Well, you know what's wonderful about it, too, Helena? Uh, it's, it's a bridge um, because we're in a very changed vibratory energy when we're with our soul inside in that light and we open the doorway to God and the power. And your masters, you know, and, and there are angels that you can call on, and you have guardian angels always that are with you, um, and you can call on them. But when you're in that vibratory energy where you're open to God and that light, um, it's really wonderful if you can, when you come out of the meditation, write something down, because what it is is it's bringing that thread of energy through you to your mind to that part of you that can write it down. So it really does create a bridge of energy that gets stronger and stronger uh, through to your mind and your physical uh, beingness when you write down and bring back the energy that was from the light. Yeah. We, uh, as uh, living creatures, we have a natural need for the light. We cannot exist in darkness. Not Nature cannot exist in, 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 mm. in the black, in the dark. True. And uh, yeah. that's something we forget. And uh, that goes for the energy of the darkness also that we have to... Changes. I know when I was in uh, Scandinavia a few, uh, well, it was a, a year or so ago, and I was working with private consultations with one-on-ones, and uh, it, it was so hard because it was always dark around me. Outside, it was like nighttime all day, and particularly in Helsinki, I suffered from this. I told the people it's very hard to work uh, with the darkness around me because I need some kind of light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've never, I've never been. I've been to Alaska and I saw it a little bit there, but, but uh, you know, I haven't been there, and it must be amazing. I think it must influence the entire country where you're in a place where you don't have as much light. Um, but, but you know, even in the darkest night, if you, you know, some people uh, get up and they can't sleep, but if they go and allow themselves to go into that state where they call in the God energy or the Christ light, uh, then they will have that inside, and it can burn even in the darkest night. In fact, sometimes it's easier to see that spark in the darkness because you need it so much, and there's only darkness around. If you put out that spark of light, you are really putting out a beacon, um, just like a lighthouse would for a ship at sea, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And the maiden, I heard this the other day, uh, someone was telling a story about an experiment they had made about with rats. And they filled the bathtub with water, and they put one rat in it and let it swim. And they turned off all the lights so he was swimming in pitch darkness. He drowned after only a few minutes. Now they made one more experiment, and this time they left a light burning in, in the bathroom. And they put a new rat in, in, in the tub. That one, that rat was swimming for hours and hours. I think it was oh. like over a day. Why? Mm-hmm. Because he had the light present. He saw hope. But when you are in the darkness, you see no hope. It's just end. You know, you see the end. The end is that. 
Yeah, and it's and you know, light is our inheritance. And it's interesting because you travel all around the world. You're in Miami now. You go to Majorca. You go to all of us. We you go to Sweden and and yes. places. Mm-hmm. And you know something you probably noticed that I have because I've had a the bless a blessed life where I got to travel all across the world. I've been to Tibet and I've been to Greece and I've been to China a few times and I've been to to Kathmandu and I've been to uh, Egypt many times and I've been to Europe. One thing I found from all my travels and the light here, of course, that the light is different. The light in each spot, I remember the light in Jerusalem. Have you ever been to Jerusalem? No, I've never been. The light is so fascinating there. It's really an amazing light. But each place has a little different tone of light. And artists know this. Artists love Paris. You know, they like the light there. And and the light is a little different. All It's like it's got its own tonal quality around the world. But the light that you get when you go inside and close your eyes and see the light, I think the light is universal. Uh, the same light inside throughout every place, any place you might be in the world, it may look different on the light outside. And that kind of is the light of the cosmos uh, translating and filtering through the different places of the earth. Uh, in those power spots, like the power spots you've spoken of, like we have here on Haleakala, um, the light is uh, very powerfully present, and you can merge with that light and use that light just like you create a, a piece of artwork, you know. Uh, there'd be different strokes of light in different places, but the, the light inside is all the same because we are all one. So the inner light, when you connect with it, actually can connect up with light workers throughout the world. And when you send light out to the universe and you do your blessings and you share your light with others, just like you do on this radio show, uh, then there's a connection of light that's happening around the world. True, true. Have you had um, any so-called light experience where you have actually met the light in front of you or been surrounded by the light, anything where the light saved you? or Have you had any of those experiences? Well, I, that experience, the strongest experience was that one that happened when I was 15 years old with the light. And that yeah. was I, like an initiation, and that was a very, that was the strongest experience of light because it was a light brighter than any light. That's why my company name is Bright Light Productions. I use the light. That's a good name. (laughs) I have a CD out uh, under brightlightmusic.com and then put a little light in your life.com. It's all been about light. And the light has has saved me and others many times. Uh, I can't even tell you the miracles that have happened in my life. It's been amazing. I've had times where I thought that I I couldn't even imagine how I could survive. And uh, yet the light drew me in. I, I had one experience when I had moved from uh, Los Angeles to Northern California, a beautiful place called Sonoma County. And I'd been working hard in radio, starting radio stations there. And um, I had this dream one time that was so interesting. I, I fell asleep and I was dreaming that I was in a room full of people. And this room was like a waiting room. And I asked, I said, well, what are we all here for? And they said, well, this is all people who have passed on, and we're just waiting to see where we're going to be going. Um, and and I said, well, what what do you do? And they said, there's this. It was like this pillar with a almost like that. Like a what? A pillar that had like a dictionary in it. It looked like that kind of thing that holds a dictionary, you know, a, a, that yeah. holds a big book or a Bible. And I went over to it, and as I looked in the book, I saw all the places in the world that my spirit could have come to dwell. One was in Tibet, one was uh, in Ireland, and where I was living at that time was by the Russian River. I saw that light from the river, and I jumped back in because I decided I didn't want to die at that point. And I jumped in, and I followed the light of the energy of the river back to my self, and I woke up with this joy and this just this amazing experience that I knew I'd chosen to live. Just two weeks later, I was out horseback riding, and I saw a person die in front of me, and a car thing, it just fell outside, the, the door passed out, had a heart attack, and I was driving to go horseback riding, and there was this person that died. And then I passed all that and went in, and in reality, there was a snake right on the gate, a rattlesnake on the gate I was going to open up to go horseback riding. I had to open this gate up with the snake on it. I still continued on, and then my horse threw me, and I was on the ground, and I tried to get up, and everything turned into another shade of light like this amazing ultra x-ray colored light. And I had to crawl back to the, um, it's funny, my horse saw me standing there, and I said, 
go get help. You know, I can't think a horse is going to get help like Lassie, you know. And he just looks at me. I think, oh, yeah, horses don't do that, you know. So, so I, I, I held on to the saddle, and I crawled back about a mile to the stable, and they got me to the hospital. And oh. I almost passed out there, and they put me in the hospital and did tests, and the exact spot that I had fallen, I'd broken a rib and had punctured my lung, and they had to find out after a week of tests, they finally opened me up and found that there was a tumor, and it had taken over half my right lung, and they had oh. to get that tumor out. Now, I would not have known that that tumor would have killed me, but I wouldn't have known if my horse hadn't thrown me and broken my rib and punctured my lung in the exact spot where the tumor was, and they took the tumor out, and I used light and I practiced light to heal me, and I overcame it. That was how many years ago? That was 30 years ago. Wow. That's such a powerful story. But this is how, you know, that is uh, if something happens, I have seen that many times that a so-called accident was not an accident. It was just someone trying to tell you something. Yes. Yeah, no, that's where life is so full. We are here to learn, as you know, Alina. We're here to learn. And um, there was a wonderful Zen book uh, one of the Zen teachers put out, Suzuki Roshi, um, called Beginner's Mind. And, and you know, the, that's the wonderful thing about the path. In the beginning, it's all new and it's all fresh and we're all excited and we start out. But then sometimes we go on the path a long time and, you know, life takes its tolls and we get hurt and sometimes we don't even know it, but our heart starts to close up, you know. Um, that's why it's so important to go back inside and connect all us because we need to keep fresh like beginner's mind and have that belief and that hope and that um, that journey that to, to recommit ourselves and renew ourselves and redeem ourselves no matter what happens in our lives. Yeah, yeah. So for everyone who kind of jumps in on the conversation right now, we are with Cindy Paulus. She's the author of Put the Little Light in Your Life, which is a book teaching you how to send and receive the positive energy. And, of course, the positive energy is the white light. You it is. Will, yeah. It is white and, light, but there's also emerald colored lights you can use. The white light is, is the highest light, but then you can use the gold light of Christ, and you can use the purple light. Um, purple light, I, I recognize the energy of St. Germain, and I love St. Germain as well. I don't know if you've ever studied, but he was an amazing man. Yes, uh, I, I have a very it. strong connection with St. Germain, uh, very, very strong, and it seems that we are communicating at times. He's an, so, he was but, an amazing, amazing yeah. master. He was just amazing. He does his work quite often right now. He's a pretty active uh, teacher. Um, I believe, you know, um, so, and of course, Mary has that blue gold energy. Uh, when you connect with the light of Mary, uh, Mary Magdalene and Mary, Mother Mary, both have beautiful energies um, that you can work with. And what's so amazing is, you know, I mean, there's, there's beings of light all around us, and we just sometimes, we can't take it all in. And that's why it's so important to be still, to be able to recognize the energy that blesses us and, and connect with it. And use it as you do, as light workers. If just think of Alina, if we have, if we have like a million light workers around the world, can you imagine the work that could be done to change the world? Absolutely, you know, absolutely. And I'm absolutely convinced that all of us can change the world because uh, we need to put the light into action out there. Because uh, I somehow believe there is a dark side to if it's to ourselves or to, to the energies around here. Don't you feel there's a dark side to well, things? Well, the darkness holds fear, and it holds worry, and it holds the fear right now that's gripping the country. I think more in America maybe, but you know more about Europe, but I think America has so much fear that we are uh, subject to through the newscasts um, that we don't see the positive part of how we can use light with our finances, we can bless all the money that we make and hold the faith that we are, of course, light beings and we'll always be taken care of. Um, the idea of this fear that we see breeds darkness, and we don't want to breed darkness. <laughs> we really don't need to breed darkness. There is enough darkness with just people not knowing uh, the path of light um, because there, we, are, we are in a time of change and transformation and shift and we need to make a decision that we are here to do good and to help and spread the light and the love. Um, and we are being forced out of our small personality 
Um, You know, the American dream sometimes uh, really wasn't a true dream for world peace, I don't think. What did Um, you say? The American dream sometimes, I think, is now, I think, reached, we're seeing the end picture of what we call the American dream. Yeah. That could, you know, I have, think, when I'm thinking about it, and I see people in the various places, I feel somehow that we have more fear in the countries where everything has been so wonderful, like in the United States, like in Sweden, you know, those countries have always had a very high standard of living, and because it now starts to be a little bit different, and the security of the high standard of living is is kind of faulting a bit, people are very, very fearful. I feel more in those countries than in the other countries where you have always lived with problems, so you had wars, and you have had, you know, you had war outside your door <laughs> or, or around you, which America hasn't had since the Civil War, and nor has Sweden since, you know, for hundreds of years. But in the other countries, in Central Europe and, and Southern Europe and so on, and you have had fear and wars all the time. And I feel people that somehow are spiritually a little bit more secure, uh, or they're not as fearful as they are in the other countries. That might be a misconception on my behalf, and out there you can send me an email and, and say what you feel. <laughs> you know, I'd love to hear, hear what people feel, because I think what's happened is we've always been thinking that we could have what we want, and a lot of the, even the trainings that some of the teachers had, you know how important people like these manifestation, how to manifest your dream, how to manifest a, a Rolls Royce, how to, <laughs> how to yeah. manifest a mansion. Uh, you know, that power, if you use it for, for capital uh, gain, well, you know, abundance is fine, but maybe there's a time where we can use that light not to manifest a Rolls Royce, uh, but to manifest peace and harmony and joy. And uh, because what we really want to do is further the world, not further ourselves. The personality, I can tell you, I was raised in Beverly Hills, and I can tell you these people that had, I lived at Henry Fonda's house. I house sat for Henry and Shirley Fonda for three years. And these people that have millions and millions of dollars, he had six acres in Bel Air over the golf course, and he was not. A happy camper, <laughs> you know. You, you think that if you get everything you want and you have all this money and you keep buying and buying, you you'll be happy. But you yeah, know this, Selena. So, it, no, I know that myself. Yeah, and, and I've seen that, that. Yeah, and and I've seen that also with the ones with the many many big millions in the bank. They are the ones who are the poorest. I'm not saying all the time, but. So many cases, and I've seen it here in Miami Beach, where I lived. What is it, 35 years? And uh, the, the 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 worship of money and who has money is is not bringing anyone happiness. And I've also noticed the higher you are on your consciousness, the more selective you have to be what you're wishing for. If you are of a higher consciousness, spiritually very high, and start to wish for the Rolls Royces and the the big uh, fifteen million dollar house it's not it's it might reverse on you then you have to instead start to send out the message, "No, I have a desire to be one with the light, then it comes to you that way, but not when you wish for the lower energies right away. It would backfire on you well, I've been working my whole life you know since I've been fifteen actually and before. And just one one practice has been the most challenging, that is harmlessness. Uh, because you're right, if we use our, our, you know, and there's nothing wrong with having beautiful things. You know, we are meant to have beautiful things. And if we walk in nature, you know, <laughs> look what God has created for us. We have the most beautiful places, waterfalls and here in Maui, everything is so beautiful. But But it isn't meant necessarily, we're not going to find until we find our inner happiness. Until we are at peace with ourselves, uh, you can have everything in the world. And I do think there's something about that going through the eye of a needle. You know, <laughs> and it shouldn't yeah. be difficult because you have things that sometimes you you have and purchase and many many things, and you find out that they take your energy. When you create lots and lots of things, that takes your energy to maintain it. And should your energy be maintained on that, or maybe on uh, the inner 
thing. It was it was maybe clear when St. Francis, I don't think I could follow the path of St. Francis. I love St. Francis, uh, and I love his love of animals and nature. But I think, how? Oh, now that was about poverty, you know, what they did, you know, there, yeah. and that was pretty I amazing. really believe we are meant to be wealthy and have a good life. I don't believe in poverty. I like having a good life. I like mm-hmm. to have security. I like to have drive nice cars, you know, live in a nice mm-hmm. place. Yes, I really believe that you can wish for that and really work on that. But I don't feel you should make that as the number one. You're absolutely correct. It's, and, you know, we always know that truth inside, and it sometimes takes life lessons to get us to realize that. Um, you know, the giving and being able to give back uh, and sharing, come into our lives at some point where we realize that, that a path of service is one of the highest paths. And when we set the intention for ourselves to, to do good and to, to be part of God and to share the energy that we are blessed with in positive ways, I mean, it is the path of happiness. And it does give you so much more than you can buy. And I totally agree with you. I've always loved, I've raised, was raised in Beverly Hills and Bel Air, and I've been blessed now to live on Maui, and I've always had beautiful things. But as long as you know that you can do your light work and you can be part of the people who need help by sending them light, and you can, you know, any prayer, as you know, any prayer is supercharged if it is prayed in the, the way that carries light and love with it. You know, I come across that, uh, particularly down here in Florida, that when I tell people, be a little bit more open to spirit, try to be more spiritual in your life, they always, and that's almost most of the people I say this to, oh, but I don't want to be poor. And I say, what's the really? matter with you? What has oh, that right. got to do with it? You know, <laughs> They believe that I want them to just get rid of their nice cars and their nice homes and start to live in some shack somewhere by the railroad track. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no God is great. And, and uh, the abundance that comes uh, when you are living in peace and work with light and are practicing harmlessness and, and are surrounded. I mean, the universe in heaven even is, is abundantly beautiful. Uh, and I really believe we can. We can make heaven here on earth. Um, and I really believe with light and love and with the kindness and the sharing as possible, we are creating heaven here on earth. And I feel that the, the teachers, the great teachers of Christ and Mary and St. Germain and all the masters, they, they want us to be sharing that energy that is blessed energy. Um, because in heaven, it's very abundantly beautiful, you know. Uh, yes, absolutely. That, and we should have make this a rich, you know, a wealthy world, not a poor world. I know. agree, and it's but it's the priorities, and again, your intention, uh, your intention, you know yourself, you know, and I think it's good to to go through times where you you really do have spiritual quests, and you allow that the the, the questioning or whatever questions you need answered to go inside, and you always, as you know, Arlene, don't you always get an answer? Yeah, mm-hmm. isn't that oh, wonderful? Yeah. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that marvelous that you can ask any question and have anything you put out there to the universe and the universe gives you back? Now, that's an experience of abundance. You always have this energy available to you, and and all you have to do is ask for it. Yeah. And, you know, I was asking Spirit. You had my little time of meditation. I was sitting with a little notepad. You know, this was unusual. I haven't done this in a while, as I said earlier in the program. And... Uh, and then I just tuned in and I asked, are you God? And I saw my pen kind of flow away and said, what do you mean by God? Mm. And I immediately got the question back. And I thought, isn't that wonderful? Yes, it is wonderful. And it's filled with wonder. And and that enthusiasm and wonder is God. And yeah, because God, God is that that amazing, and so you know it's interesting. We have to get to the point where we believe inside ourselves we are worthy for this, uh, because if we have issues with self-esteem and we don't think we're worthy, we won't believe that God or the energy of God or Christ or whoever your teachers will come to you. Um, but you are worthy of God's love because you are part of God. How could we not be be worthy of it if we're part of God? But, you know, if I say God to a group of 20 people, I will have 20 different opinions of who God is. And, you know, we somehow, and I was taught at school, and, you know, when I grew up, we, we, we had our own family pew at church for hundreds of years. 
no one really went to church much except for funerals and weddings and baptism but and and for Christmas, otherwise we didn't really go but um so we were not church, and we really didn't speak about God, but we spoke about nature and the law of nature and so on. So when I came to school, I heard God, you know, and he, it was a he, a man who sat in heaven and judged us and was actually quite mean to us. And that was my first uh, impression of God. And I think many of us are brought up in that uh, faith in a way. Well, they, there was an interesting article in Time Magazine, just in, I think one of the last ones, about how people now are turning away from, uh, and it was on TV the other day, actually on the newscast, how people are turning away from religion or religious groups that practice that or teach that. Because, as you know, it, for a long time, uh, the, the status quo of some of these religions were to make you subject to fear to follow the way they said to do things. And that what's been done in the name of religion, yeah. uh, in the name of Christ, where Christ yeah. is love and light, and and we've been put into to death and torture and and terrible things by people who would control that religion and are not even practicing the ways of Christ or the ways of God. Absolutely, and, absolutely. And, and, and that's I mean that to me is one of the most awful things to think is that for how long. Uh, religion has used uh, that light and that love that is God and used it for their own control and power and for money. Um, and it's, it, it's time that it's changing, and it is changing. It is changing. People are finding out that they can uh, practice their way of life and sit and make their inner connection with God, and they don't have to be afraid of God because God is love, and then they get the connection and get in that path, and they see how powerful that light and that love really is. Um, I've always, you know, maybe I'll, I haven't ever really followed one religion. I've been following the path of the masters and my inner connection with God, and I write down what I get. I, I, I write down after I do my meditation, and I, all those words that are in my book, Put a Little Light in Your Life, um, on the left side are messages I've got from, from God and from the teachers. Um, and the teachers are just as beautiful as God is. Sometimes, you know, I don't even know if, where exactly it's coming from, but I always read back some of these messages, and I'm so inspired that I was in giving inner whisperings, mystical, whis- mystical whisperings from God, you know, and from that energy inside. So I'd write that down. And we don't need to uh, be afraid. This is not the time to be afraid. It's the time to reaffirm that we are beings of light. We are beings of love. We are connected all as one with God. And that we need to connect as light workers and work together for the evolution of the planet. Uh, I don't know if there's ever been a time when we need it more in this country than now. It's a terrible time for America right now because there's so many conflicts in belief systems, you know, people have trusted one particular belief system, uh, do not trust anymore. And uh, again, the fear of the unknown of losing everything you have. And this is something that America hasn't known before. In Europe, we've known that forever, you know, we yes. had wars. Yes. So we yes. survived that. But here, people haven't lived with that that fear of losing everything. And, and it's tough, and I cannot imagine how awful it must be to be a family and you lose all the money. And where do you go? What do you do? And here in Florida, people are letting their animals go in the street, you know, because they have no house anymore, and and they cannot take their pets with them to live in the car or wherever they live. So we have all these pets running around loose, and it's so sad to see how everything falls apart. Yeah, and at the same time, it's falling together. It's falling. It looks like if we just, again, base it on what we called earlier the American dream, it looks like it's falling apart. But the American dream didn't include uh, necessarily our connection to our inner connection, our inner higher self and to Christ and to God. Um, And so while we see some of the excesses, I think, uh, slipping away, uh, as we said earlier, that light that connects us all is abundant, and that's as strong as ever, and that doesn't take money. Um, to feel the love and, and, and to be encouraged and to be in tune with God is open to anyone. Um, and, uh, you know, we are going to see more than ever people having to make that choice 
of do they want to accept and believe they are part of light and love. And if they do, trust in God, trust in themselves, you know, and not be full of fear. Um, you know, it's so amazing sometimes you see after a tragedy or the fire and the people have lost everything, and they just say, we're going to rebuild again. You know, uh, we're okay because we have each other. We didn't die. And you see people come through time after time uh, with these challenges and having the faith that they will be able to rebuild, and they do. And it, it does happen, but it does require us to ask for guidance, to ask for God's love, to ask for the light, and then learn how to use it and believe in it. Um, and to have the, that wonderful hope and enthusiasm you have, Helena, because you've seen how powerful hope and enthusiasm is. Oh, absolutely. Talk about the light again, and we're coming towards the end of the show. And I'd like to share one, uh, one particular story of the light with the audience, but if they buy my book, A Constant Awakening, which they can ask for in, the, in any bookstore or at Amazon.com, uh, Constant Awakening, they will have some light stories there. But one which uh, really saved my life, I wouldn't have been sitting here today if I hadn't practiced the light at that particular moment. And you know here we have very scary um, highways here in between Miami and going north of Miami to Fort Lauderdale and Palm Beach and so on. We have six lanes of solid traffic going in each direction. And, of course, uh, rush hour, you have bumper to bumper and people are driving like 65 or 70 miles an hour. And I came there and I was working myself off from the side and came probably into the second lane and I had four more lanes to go before I would hit the, the fast lane on the very far left. And suddenly, as I was driving there, working myself through traffic, and you had trucks, and you had sports cars, you had everything. And in Miami, you know, here you have foreigners of all kinds of traditions and cultures, uh, and from everywhere in the world. So it was a very colorful traffic. Suddenly, I hear like a pling, you know, like a little pling from the dashboard. And I look up and I see everything is turned red, you know, my whole mm, dashboard. I hate that moment, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and I realized I lost my motor, you know. I was just running through traffic without being in control of of anything. And I tried to, to turn my wheel a little bit. I couldn't. It was locked. I tried to slow down. It was locked. I tried to open my windows. You know, I had air conditioning and electric windows. Everything was closed, you know, just to make a sign to traffic. I couldn't move anything. The whole system was totally locked. And here I was just zooming through very, very heavy rush hour traffic on the motor road, on the expressway. And that moment I knew that it was, we were going to have an accident and I was just going to be killed with all these big trucks. No one could stop. We had no no distance between the, the, the vehicles at all. It was just too close for that. And that second when I knew, you know, you have that comfort of knowing you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've gone through that. You know yeah. that this is it. Yeah. And it sounded, it's like you live a moment of peace. And that moment of peace I said, no, I have to live and pull down the light. No time for ceremonies, just stepping into the light somehow, just moving the light in over me. And then remarkable things happened. I was in the light and my car, you know, the road kind of turned a little bit. So my car couldn't keep up being in the lane because I couldn't steer, you know, I had no steering power. Mm. So I just started to tilt over to the left I crossed that line and, or lane, and I heard people honking and squeaking, you know. And mm-hmm. I, this was the way it went. So I managed to cross four lanes over to the side lane where I kept on running, you know, but the speed was now running too close. But it was just amazing how I just managed to survive without being hit Crossing lanes with no sign or anything was just like I was guided through, zigzagging through those cars, and I was saved. But I would say this is only because of me connecting with the light. Mm -hmm. I could have connected with the darkness and the fear at that time. I didn't. I chose the light. 
So I survived. And, of course, then my car eventually stopped. So I was sitting there, and my God, I said, dear God, never put me through this Mm. again. I know you exist, but thank you, thank you, thank you. So gratitude, yes. Yes, gratitude, gratitude. you have to be grateful. That's That's where I end every meditation. I guess it's a good way to end when we get close to the end of the show here is to say thank you, God. Uh, My book is Put a Little Light in Your Life, and you can go to Put a Little Light. Hello? Oh, hi. (laughs) Put a little light in your life.com. Very good. Yes, we have wonderful. Thank you so very much. We have 10 seconds. God bless you. It was so great having you on the show. Thank you so much. And God bless you. And your website is? Put a little light in your life.com. And also for my CD, uh, it's brightlightmusic.com. Very good. Thank you so very much, Cindy. It was a wonderful show, I think. Thank you for being there. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye.